Hello, and welcome to the Rare Disease Cell and Gene Therapy Weekly Roundup. I am your host, Joanna Fernandez. Every week, we at Partners for Access bring you some of the most important news developments in the orphan drug, cell and gene therapy world, and what they mean to you. This week, we will look at Novartis' announcement that its gene therapy drug Spinraza has fast-tracked from the US FDA, as well as the UK's promise to review its HTA system under a new voluntary pricing and access scheme. And finally, clinical trial updates from Bluebird Bio's gene therapy Lentiglobin. We start with Novartis. P. Ferre's Aparna Krishnan is here to tell us more. Swiss pharma company Novartis announced that the US FDA has accepted its application for approving its gene therapy Zolgensma, otherwise known as AVXS101, fast-tracking it for a potential regulatory action as early as May 2019. The therapy was earlier granted a priority review by the FDA and is billed as a breakthrough one-time treatment for spinal muscular atrophy type 1 patients. The drug works by replacing the defective or missing SMN1 gene which causes the disease. The application to the FDA is backed by encouraging results from the START trial where all 15 patients treated with the drug were alive and did not need ventilation support for breathing at the 24-month follow-up. When compared to patients in the natural history studies, 8% were event-free. Novartis says that this indicates a significant and clinically meaningful increase in overall survival of patients infused with AVXS101 when compared to untreated patients. The drug has priority medicines designation in Europe, which means that a decision by regulators on its marketing authorization is likely in the middle of 2019. With the approval and potential launch of this uh, gene therapy in 2019, let's look at its potential competitors. The main rival to AVXS101 is Biogen Spinraza, a chronic antisense oligonucleotide therapy, which was the first treatment in SMA launched in 2017. The drug priced at $750,000 for the first year and $350,000 thereon clocked up third quarter sales of $468 million for Biogen. Interestingly, Novartis has indicated it could price the drug at between $4 to $5 million per patient, arguing that the therapy is cost-effective at that range. If reimbursed at this price, it would certainly set a precedent as the most expensive gene therapy till date. Next, on to the UK. The UK government announced details from a new voluntary brand pricing and access scheme which will be effective from January next year to 2023. The scheme sets out the rules by which the pharmaceutical industry supplies products to the healthcare system of the UK's four countries. The latest scheme will see pharmaceutical companies repay the NHS for spending above the 2% cap, which is expected to save the NHS $930 million in 2019. In essence, the NHS is aiming for reducing expenditure on medicines by negotiating a reduction in branded drug prices. 
In return, the industry has pushed for faster approval, particularly with respect to NICE assessments. The industry has sought for a six-month faster approval time than what is currently done and more importantly pushed for earlier engagement with clinicians to ensure readiness and uptake of their drug at the hospital and primary care levels. In order to help achieve this, the government is also set to publish a commercial framework that will set out operational details of patient access schemes. Patient access schemes are pricing agreements proposed by pharmaceutical companies to enable patients to gain access to these high-cost drugs. The latest published documents about the pricing and access scheme notes that a strong commitment was made on improving areas such as the highly specialized technology program. It says, quote-unquote, NICE has committed to reviewing the process and methods for the highly specialized technology evaluation program in 2019 and 2020. It encourages industry to feed in its views. Industry and other relevant stakeholders will be active participants in the review, including inputting on scope, participating in working discussions, and providing views on recommendations. This is a significant development given that new technologies such as gene and cell therapies are expected to be increasingly evaluated by the HST program, which recommends the use of new and existing highly specialised medicines and treatments within the NHS England. The UK's Department of Health and Social Care, which negotiated this scheme along with NHS England, also said that future changes to NICE methodology and processes will reflect the needs of new types of innovation. It is likely that the government will seek public consultation once these changes to NICE evaluation methods have been drawn up. This scheme will be especially beneficial to orphan drugs and new technologies such as gene and cell therapies, as they are becoming increasingly expensive and patient access schemes will increase their likelihood of access to the UK market. Finally, Bluebird Bio's clinical trial updates. Bluebird Bio announced updated clinical trial results for its gene therapy drug lentiglobin at the latest annual meeting of the American Society of Hematology. The drug is developed as a potential treatment for transfusion-dependent beta thalassemia and sickle cell disease. The updated clinical trial data came from three studies. The first and most significant is the North Star 2 study, which focuses on less severe beta thalassemia subtype that was also the basis for the drug's European marketing application. Results showed that the drug achieved primary endpoint with 10 out of 11 patients able to stop blood transfusions and achieve total hemoglobin levels ranging from 11.1 to 13.3. The other two trials were not star 3 for the more severe beta 0 beta 0 subtype where three patients achieved total hemoglobin levels above 10 and HGB206 for sickle cell disease where four patients six months post-treatment reported the production of gene therapy-derived hemoglobin HBA T87Q range from 4.8 to 8.8 and were comparable to or exceeded the levels of sickle hemoglobin HBS. 
These patients did not receive a, a blood transfusion during this time and had total hemoglobin ranging from 9.9 to 13.7 at their last visit. No vaso-occlusive events were reported in those four patients at up to nine months post-treatment. Still, it has not been plain sailing for Bluebird Bio, which reported a case of myelodysplasia in an earlier cohort of the HGB-206 lentiglobin study. So how does these results stack up for lentiglobin's commercialization plans? The results are exciting and prove that Bluebird Bio's efforts to tweak the trials has largely been successful. The issue with lentiglobin, as in with all gene therapies, is one of long-term safety and efficacy and its potential pricing. The therapy will also likely face rivals such as Laspatacept and Voxelator in the near future. And that's it for this week. For more news and analysis, go to our website, www.partnersforaccess.com. Subscribe to our podcast from iTunes and do share your thoughts in the comments section. And before we end, P4A is calling out for new applications for analyst roles at our London offices. If you are a life science graduate and interested in pharmaceutical or healthcare funding mechanisms, drop us a line with your CV and covering letter. For more information on this, go to our website's career section. Thank you all for listening. See you next week.